Well, this week was such a wonderful week. We had such great weather that our family decided to go out for a bike ride, our first one of the year, and it was so nice to be outside breathing that fresh air, and we rode all the way through our neighborhood and through the streets and everything, and on the way back, we discovered that now we were driving into the wind, and so the wind blowing against us, it made it a little more difficult to ride back home, and I found myself breathing just a little bit heavier than I was expecting. You know, and so it was so nice, though, to be able to go outside after a long Michigan winter and just be able to enjoy the nice weather and breathe that fresh air. Well, we're continuing in our series called Room to Breathe, and Pastor Rick and I are going to be sharing a message, and we want to talk about how we can connect together in our relationships. And the best way for us to do that here at Woodland is through small groups. You know, as pastors, our driving motivation for small groups is to produce men, women, youth, children who are passionate followers of Christ. You see, you will never have room in your life to breathe until you know what it means to connect with one another. You know, there's a huge redwood forest in California, and these trees are simply amazing. They are the largest living things on the earth and the tallest trees in the world. And these trees, they can grow up to 300 feet high and live up to 2,500 years. You know, simply amazing. And you would think that these trees being so tall would have this deep root system that goes, you know, 100 feet down, but that's simply not the case. They only have about four to six feet deep of roots. You know, however, these roots, they're intertwined. They, they, they're tied together with each other, and they interlock with the other trees that are around them so that when storms come and the winds blow, these redwoods are still able to stand tall. You know, it's all because of their interlocking system. They support one another as they continue to grow. See, these redwood trees, they need the other trees around them to survive, just like you and I need one another in our lives. So the passage we've been looking at comes from Psalm 31, verse 5. It says, I've put my life in your hands. You, God, I trust. I'm leaping and singing in the circle of your love. You gave me room to breathe. Several years ago, Adelina Dominguez passed away, and at the time of her passing, she was the oldest living American at 114 years of age. She had outlived all her children and, and some of her grandchildren, and when she was asked about the secret to her longevity, she gave all the credit to God and his plan for her life, and she said, I knew God had a purpose for my life. See, when God created us, when he created you and I, he created us with a purpose. And God planned the entire universe so that he could share his love with us. See, while we have families here on this earth, one day we are going to pass on. Just like Adelina, her time came on this earth, ended. And, but we have a spiritual family that is eternal. When we're born, we're automatically part of the human race. However, to be a part of God's family, you have to choose and make a choice and a decision to become a part of that family. You have to choose. 
But when you choose to belong, when you choose to cross that line of faith and become a passionate follower of Christ, you become a part of God's family, one that lasts forever. So if we're going to learn how to connect with one another, then we need to recognize God's relational plan for our lives. When God created the earth, when he created the, the land and the vegetation, he said, it is good. When he created the light and the sky and the stars, he said, it is good. When he created the land and all the animals on it, he said, it is good. Everything God had made was good, except for one thing. The Bible says in Genesis 2.18, when the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who's just right for him. When God created us, he created us to, to love him, to have a relationship with him, for us to worship him, for us to hang out with him and talk with him. Before Adam and Eve sinned, God would come down in the cool of the day and they would fellowship, they would talk together. See, God created us for fellowship. And when he created Adam, he looked at Adam and said, it's not good for him to be all alone. And I think most wives would agree it's not good for us to leave men all by themselves. They usually find themselves into trouble if they're all by themselves. And so God looked and he said, I need to create someone for him. I need to create relationship for him. We were made for each other. We were made to be relational. See, our life is not one to be, to be lived all alone. We're not supposed to live all alone. We were created to have relationship with each other. See, it's hardwired into our DNA. It's part of who we are. See, you and I are, are at our best when we are having a passionate relationship with Christ and when we're living in relationship with others. See, friendships don't just happen. They're a choice. And in, in this pandemic, if it hasn't taught us anything, it's taught us about the importance of being together about having relationship, about being connected with one another. And the problem is most people are lonely because they don't have these meaningful relationships. And Proverbs 27 says, people learn from one another just as iron sharpens iron. You know, it may take a little while to build trust with another person, but the more you rub shoulders with another person, the more you do life with another person, you begin to build that trust and strengthen that friendship. And that's when you begin to grow. One night, Braden and I, we were putting dishes away and, and we have this wood block that we put all our steak knives in and it has all the different slots for all the different knives. And as we were putting the steak knives away, he asked, he's like, well, what does this one do? And so I pulled it out, and I began to show him how it sharpens the knives. And I began to show him how I took the knife and just began to slide it across that blade and, and showed him how it sharpened the knife. And this is what happens when we have people in our lives, when we build close personal relationships with. So you learn from relationships, and you become even a more fruitful Christian because of your relationships. See, it's unbelievable what cell phones can do today. 
you know, with all the different applications that have on them. You can listen to music. You can get turn-by-turn directions to your favorite restaurant. You can even book a flight to Florida. And the list goes on and on. It's endless. But the cell phone's main purpose is to keep people connected. You know, regardless of the distance between them, it's to keep them connected. And unlike the old traditional phones, right, where, where you had to be connected to a landline, you couldn't go any farther. You know, I can go anywhere and still be connected to my family and my friends. Unfortunately, the battery doesn't last. And the more I use my phone, the quicker the battery dies. And so I have to take, take it and plug it into a charger and begin to charge it up. But as soon as I plug it back in, it begins to charge. See, life will drain you. Work will drain you. And when we meet together with our friends, we learn from each other. We strengthen one another. We encourage one another. And this helps us to become better. See, God knew what he was doing when he created us. He knew that we needed others in our lives to be better. Pastor Rick's going to come right now, and he's going to share how we can connect with one another through small groups. Thank you, Pastor Corey. Small groups at Woodland started about 21 years ago. But let me just give you just a little bit of background on that. Um, Norm and I uh, when we came here, um, we talked about small groups and stuff like that. Small groups are very important, especially to Norma and I. Um, 51 years ago, next month, Norma, that Norma and I got right with God, two backslidden, on our way to hell, young married couple. Somebody invited us out to a small group. Back then, they weren't called small groups. They were called sharing groups. And just not somebody. We had about 20 people invite us out. So we went just to shut them up. And as people shared what God has done in their life and what God is doing in their marriage, God started speaking in our hearts. And that night, both of us got right with God 51 years ago. And it's been a wonderful path ever since. Well, Woodland Small Groups is simply called Woodland Connections. Pastor and I asked Norm and I 21 years ago if we would uh, help him get small groups going and just run small groups, and uh, and we did, and, and it's been great. We've enjoyed it. In fact, uh, our small groups, the group we started with 21 years ago, I still have two of the leaders here today. Elsa Kriska started a small group with us, and Lowell Williams started one. Those are the only two out of the original groups that are still here. But our purpose in starting small groups was to encourage people to connect with God and connect with one another. And through that, becoming passionate followers of Christ. You know, one thing this past year has taught us, and I think it's taught all of us, we need one another. We need one another. We miss being with one another. We miss the fellowship. We miss that one-on-one connection. No one, and I think all of us have learned this, no one can do this journey alone. We can't do it by ourselves. That's why church is so important. That's why small groups are so important. You know, it has taught us, this past year, has taught us new ways to meet. 
You know, Zoom. I didn't even know what Zoom was. I thought it was when I got in my car. I thought that's what Zoom was. But it taught us how to meet with Zoom. It taught us, you know, uh, how to do Facebook. Um, social distancing became a byword. All of us know what social distancing is. This past year has been rough. But, you know, even through it all, our small groups have stayed together. I'll never forget the first time our small group tried to do something on Zoom. Oh, my goodness. You try to teach a bunch of older people how to all get on at the same time and not all talk at the same time. It was quite a thing. But, you know, small groups are very important. And let me explain a little bit why. You know, our pastoral staff here, we try to do the best job we can. But, you know, the pastoral staff cannot meet everyone's personal needs as we grow. We just can't do it. We don't have time. And this is where small groups come into effect because they can give that personal relationship that we just can't give. Our small group leaders are, are called uh, shepherd leaders, you know, and they shepherd the groups. Uh, they do probably what we can't do, okay? And um, so it's, it's been a tough year. But when our small groups meet, it's that personal relationship with one another. It's the church ministry. It's a church ministry to, to one another. And one of the small, one of the things that I got three points I want to touch is why small groups? Well, when the large, and this is what pastor seen and what we've seen, when the, when, when the church starts getting larger, you know, uh, we can't communicate with one another. We need to be able to, to talk to one another, to see one another. You know, when we sit in the pew, most of us see the people in front of us, we see their back heads. That's all we see. You know, oh, we see the pastor standing up front. But, you know, we really don't get that. And then after church, before this past year, you know, we would shake hands and we would say hi and how are you doing? And, and what's our answer when somebody asks us how we're doing? Oh, we're fine. But, you know, we need that real relate. That is not relationship, you know. We need that real relationship with one another. We don't want to be a church of strangers, of strangers. So we need that fellowship. We can become a family of strangers. And what do I mean by that? Just what I was saying. We see each other in church. We say, hi, how you doing? But, you know, we need to know people. We need to be able to love people. And that's where small groups uh, come into effect. You know, I have a small group. I'm in fe 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 several small groups. But one of them, I'm going to slow down a little bit because I'm talking too fast. My wife is shaking her head. Yes, I am. Uh, one of our small groups meets on Friday morning. It's a breakfast group. We meet on Friday morning over at Big Boy. And, uh, and when the pandemic hit, man, I mean, we didn't know what to do. We met here at church for a while, then we couldn't meet here. And then, Al, we even met in a garage a few times, didn't we, Al and Vic, a few of you, Larry, a few of you are in that group, you know. And it was so good just to see one another. We social distance, we had masks on, but just to be with one another. Well, now that we're back over at Big Boy, you know, we sit around, let me just tell you, we, we sit around and we, we discuss the word. You know, we fellowship with one another. We have a group of 10 to 12. Only about five or six of them go to this church. They go to other churches. It's an outreach. But you know what it is? It's a bunch of retired guys, mostly, getting together and fellowship with one another. Why? Because we need that. 
We need that fellowship. We pray for one another. We share with one another. Uh, I know more about their kids, and they know more about my kids. You know, why? Because we can do that. When Larry's son came down with the virus, we got a chance to pray for that. You know, it's so important. You know, it's called doing life together. So that's just one of the, that, that's just one of the things. Um, what are small groups? Well, what are small groups? Let me explain a little bit what they are. It's simply the church returning to the New Testament church, returning to the New Testament church, the early church. You know, Jesus had a small group. He had big groups. He preached to big groups. He, he had congregations 15 times the size of this. But he had that small group of men. They were called the disciples. There was 12 of them. And that is what he taught. That was, you want to call his inner circle, you can call it whatever you want. But it was a small group he taught. You know, and then the, the, uh, the scripture that Corey just shared a few minutes ago. Uh, in Luke 2, 44 through 47, it says the church, the early church, met in the temple. They met in the temple for prayer and praise and everything else. But it says then they met in, in homes. They met in small groups. And what did they do in those small groups? They prayed together. They praised together. They, they shared together. Um, they celebrated together. They got to know one another. And mainly that's one of the big things in small groups is we get to know one another. It's called doing life together. Doing life together. It's a place to belong. Oh, yeah, we all belong in our church. But sometimes I've had people come up to me and say, you know, Pastor Rick, I just don't feel like I belong. And my first question is, are you in a small group? And usually they're not. It's a place where you can belong. It's a place where you can be yourself, where you can breathe and don't worry about it. Um, it's not a Sunday school class, but it's a place where you can know and be known. You can love and be loved. You can serve and be served, and you can celebrate and be celebrated. We celebrate in these small groups. Another one is, what, what can I expect? What happens in small groups? Well, let me tell you what happens in small groups. And we have many different kinds of small groups here at Woodland, okay? We have men's small groups. We have lazy small groups. Uh, we have family small groups, you know. Um, but most of them either meet uh, in a home. Most of our small groups meet in a home, except right now. You know, and some of them, are, well, we're starting to get back to homes. Thank God for that. But you can meet in here in the church. We can meet at restaurants, you know. And a small group is not a Sunday school class. It's not a teacher getting up and just teaching. We have a leader in our small groups, or a shepherd is what we call And he's a facilitator. He guides us through the different things that we do in small groups. He guides us through our discussions that we have and tries to, I'm, I'm one of those, so I know what job it is, and tries to keep us on track, okay? You know, again, it's doing life together. Our dis, our, we don't teach the word. We discuss the word together. And it's, it's, it's great because, you know, I may see something in that scripture that somebody else don't. 
And somebody else may see something. I know you, we experience this on, on, uh, on Friday mornings. You know, well, this is what that scripture says to me. We thought, oh, yeah, it is what it says. We can share together and be part of something. That's why it's so important. I mean, we have kids' small groups. Gory has uh, junior high small groups, senior small groups. And it's important that we get into a small group. Um, Another thing that we have in small groups, we call it the open chair. And you say, why in the world? Well, we don't push that a whole lot. But the open chair is simply a place where you can invite somebody and there's an open chair for them. Thank God that 51 years ago, when they invited us, they had an open chair for Norma and I. That's why it's so important. We can invite people and say, hey, just come and listen. We're not going to put you on the spot. Just come and listen. It's important to do that. Um, again, like I say, small groups, uh, they do Zoom. Uh, Zoom. Uh, they, they're starting again to meet, you know, in homes. Um, our, uh, one of our other small groups, when we couldn't go to homes anymore, we met here at the church, one that I lead, and we met here at the church for a while. And when we couldn't do that, we went to Zoom. But, you know, uh, we do things together. We worship together. We did a campfire last October. We almost froze to death. But you know what? It was so good just seeing one another and being around that. We did social distancing, but just being part of something. Don't you miss seeing your friends? Don't you really do? I hope you do, because I do, you know? Again, it's, uh, it's, it's doing this thing together, this thing that we call life. Um, the third point um, what happens in small groups? Well, I just went over some of that. But, you know, one of the things we do, we celebrate. We celebrate with one another. We celebrate victories. We, in ours, we, smell, we celebrate birthdays. We celebrate anniversaries. And in our group, we're all about my age. We celebrate our grandkids. We celebrate the birth of our grandkids. We got one uh, Family in church, it seems like, I mean, in our group, they keep having grandkids like crazy. And, but, and uh, one of the sons is here today. But, uh, but anyway, we celebrate that. And you know what? And we share. It's so important. And this is the key. We can share with one another. And we have a saying in small groups. What is said in small groups stays in small groups. What is shared in small groups stays in small groups. You know, in our small group, it's really funny. When somebody comes in, they don't start sharing right away. But once they get that, that comfort level, once they get to trust us, then they can start sharing. And it's, it's amazing how we can share with families and we can pray with them. You know, um, all of us have family problems that we need prayer for. All of us run into that. All of us have physical problems that we can pray for, you know. Sometimes we anoint people in our small groups and pray for them. There's nothing wrong with that. We need that. We need that close one-on-one. -on -one. But one of the main things about my small group, our small groups, is when I need them, I can call. I don't have to say, boy, I hope they're praying for me. All I have to call and call and say, hey, Larry, pray for me. Hey, Vic, pray for me. Hey, Al, pray for me. Hey, Dave, pray for me. And it's so good knowing that they're there and they're praying. So it's very important that we do that. It's very important. Um, some of the things we do together in small groups, they're just noise, not always in a church. They're not always uh, at a restaurant. You know, 
We do fun things together. We do picnics together. Uh, we go camping together. And if you're not a camper, CL. He's got openings, I believe. We do camping together. We got a camping small group. You know, like I say, we do bonfires together. You know, just doing life together. Just doing life together. This, this highway that we're on, we can't take this journey by ourselves. That's why it's so important. It's so important to join a small group and to help us all become passionate followers of Christ. Thanks, Pastor Rick. See, if we're going to connect with one another, we also need to choose to experience life together. You know, life is meant to be shared with one another. You know, I give Jeanette one of the same Christmas presents every year. Every year it's the same gift. It's a calendar. Make a homemade calendar of all the things we did the previous year. And each month I'll, I'll go through our photos from the previous year and put them into that corresponding month. And, you know, and every year she pretends to be surprised. Oh, I got a calendar, right? And it's one of her favorite gifts. It, she says if she only gets one thing, that's what she wants. And I said, deal. And so, just kidding, just kidding. I give her another thing. But it's her favorite gift. And what we do is we'll look at that calendar and each month when a new month happens, we'll flip the calendar over and we'll look at those pictures and remember and reminisce and, and think back to what we were doing, that trip that we did, the th fun thing that we did, whether it was just sitting in our backyard making s'mores at a campfire. You know, we'll talk about it. We'll think about it. You know, we'll just reflect upon it. Each picture is different. Each one tells a story of something that we did together as a family. See, we need time together, and we need to remember those things we do. In 1 Thessalonians 2.8, it says, We loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, but our own lives too. And that's the essence of small groups. We share about God but we share our lives as well. You know, we have leaders that care about you. They open up their homes for you, right? They want you to come into their homes and hang out with them, and, and food is there, right? I mean, I, yeah, food, right? And they want to spend time together. They want to do life together with you. They want to hang out. They want to talk with you about what is going on and your life. And that's what this passage is saying, that you mean so much to us that we want to be a part of your lives. You know, we want to know what's going on so we can be praying for you. We want to see you grow in your relationship with God, and so we want to partner with you and help you. We want to build stronger and closer relationships with one another. See, relationships, not achievements, are what matters most in this life. Yet we allow often relationships to get the short end of the stick. We'll put work, we'll put activities, we'll put other things ahead of those relationships. And we often get preoccupied with those things. And we often forget what matters most. 
Creating real community isn't easy. It requires trust, honesty, and commitment from, from you, and you have to meet regularly. Any two people can meet together, right? But when you meet together and you open up and become honest and real, you begin to create community. You begin to create connection. You begin to create family. Because it's a place where you're cared for. It's a place where you're loved. It's a place where you can be you. You don't have to pretend to be anyone else. It's a place where you can share your thoughts, your doubts, your struggles. And the people sitting right next to you, they probably said the same thing. And they can help you with it as well. And so if we're going to grow and if we're going to connect with one another, then we need to plan to participate. You need to show up and, and be a part of small groups. See, interaction's the key to really getting to know one another and letting them get to know you. You don't have to answer every question that's thrown out there, and we don't want you to answer every question that's thrown out there. But we just want you to come and share. Share who you are. See, a small groups is a great place to open up and be yourself and share. But be consistent. Healthy relationships take time to grow. You're not going to become best friends overnight. See, quality time is great, but quantity is just as important. And we understand there's going to be times when you can't get together, something happens in life, and you know, you just can't make it. But plan on being there, even when you don't feel like it. Because when you make small group a high priority, you're sure to build real meaningful relationships. And then I said, be authentic. You know, strong relationships are only as solid as the trust that they're built on. Be yourself. Don't try to be anything else. Don't try to hide. Just be yourself. Learn to be authentic, to be real, to be honest. Be truthful about what's going on in your life because God wants you to be known by others. Remember to respect the risk that others take, like Pastor Rick mentioned. When other people are being open and honest and vulnerable, keep it sacred. Keep it to the group. Because you wouldn't want anyone sharing your thoughts and your struggles with other people. And so if you haven't yet joined a small group, I want to encourage you, get involved. You know, how can you join a small group? Well, you can see Pastor Rick. He'll, he'll get you connected with one. If you know a small group leader, contact them and ask them when do they meet, how do they meet, you know, and, and get to know what they, what they do, and, and they'll be glad to invite you to. Or you can even go to our website right now and click on the ministries tab, and under that is small groups, and there's a form there you can fill out, and they'll email it to us, and we'll be in touch with you and get you connected. Or you can take the communication card right now that's in your bulletin and just write on the back there, I'd love to be connected to a small group. And we'll see that and we'll give you a call and we'll connect with you.
and get you plugged in. You know, we're also looking for small group leaders. You know, maybe you've been in small groups so long and you thought, you know, that's something I'd like to try. We want more small groups, and so we're in need of more leaders. And so please come see us. See Pastor Rick if you're interested in doing that. And we'll get you all the material you need. We'll walk with you. We'll help equip you. You don't have to worry about that. We'll help you so that you are a success. Or maybe you're sitting there thinking, you know, I'm not there yet. I, I, I love small groups, but I just don't want to be a leader yet. But maybe you're open to opening your home and you want people to come and be a part. God has blessed you with a wonderful place. Let us know and we'll get that information and we'll get connected with you as well. See, remember, God has hardwired us in our DNA to be a part of relationships. And when you surround yourself with others who love God, they're going to encourage you. They want the best for you. And they're going to be praying for you. And you know what? We get to grow and we get to learn more about God. And as we do, we become the person God intended us to be. And just like those redwood trees that I mentioned at the beginning, we need others in our lives. So when the storms of life hit, when something shakes us to our core, when we are in desperate need and we're calling out to God that we have others there to surround us, to lift us up, to make sure we're always standing. And that's what small groups are all about. And so I want to encourage you, get plugged in. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much. God, you created us. You know us. You intricately formed us. And when you created Adam, you said it wasn't good for him to be all alone. You created us for relationship. And so I pray that each and every one of us would have healthy relationships in our lives. God, that we would find individuals in our lives who will come alongside us, who will encourage us, who will help us. And God, I pray for those who aren't involved in a small group yet. God, may today be the day that they begin to get connected. God, may today be the day where they find meaningful relationships. God, may they find others who will help them grow in their faith. People who will just embrace them and welcome them. God, may they learn to be honest, open, transparent. God, that they will be authentic. And so I pray, God, help them. If you're here this morning, you know, you heard me say God hardwired us in our DNA for relationships. You know, you and I are at our best when we're loving God and being a passionate follower of Christ and we're doing life with others. But today you haven't started yet that relationship with God. And today's the day that you want to start. You want to invite God into your life and cross that line of faith. Will you join with me in prayer this morning? Jesus, you created me for relationships. God, you created me to be in a relationship with you. 
God, you came to this earth and you died on that cross for me because you want a relationship with me. And so I thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. And God, though I don't understand everything, I do know I need you in my life today. And so I ask you to come and forgive me of all my mistakes, all the things that the Bible says is sin. And God, may you come and make me a new person today. Help me to live each day for you, I pray. And God, may I experience, God, all that you have for me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, thank you so much for joining with us today. And if you prayed that prayer with me today, I want to say thank you. And we have a gift for you that we'd love to give you. And if you would email us, if you're watching right now at office at woodland.church, We'd be glad to send it to you. It's going to help you in your journey and your next steps in your faith. And if you're here today and you prayed that prayer, stop by one of the tables as you're exiting and just say, hey, can I get that book? And we'd be glad to give it to you, okay? Also, don't forget on your way out to drop off that communication card. Please fill it out for us and place it into the offering baskets. And don't forget to give. You can give online. You can give through texting. You can also give by just dropping your offerings today in the basket as you're leaving. But once again, thank you so much for joining with us. And don't forget, we are in need of Easter candy, okay? So when you do your grocery shopping, get a couple bags, all right? One for me and three for the church, okay? (laughs) All right, four for the church. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.